Welcome, everyone, to It's Fine, an official podcast of Broken Arrow Schools on the AeroVision Network. I'm your host, Adam J. Foreman, Executive Director of Public Relations for Broken Arrow Schools, and we are discussing all things fine arts today. And this is made possible by our wonderful One Club sponsors, First National Bank of Broken Arrow, TTC Federal Credit Union, Ascension St. John Broken Arrow, Tulsa Bone and Joint, and the Arrow Group. And we have a very special guest on today, Michelle McCarver, music teacher for Rosewood Elementary School and the current reigning District <laughs> Teacher of the Year for Broken Arrow Schools. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you, Adam. Glad to be here. I'm glad to be here, too. I'm glad to have you on here. When you won District Teacher of the Year last mm-hmm. year, I believe I said to you on the stage, we're going to get to know each other over the year. <laughs> I'm probably going to bother you and bug you. And I have. And here we are. I held up to that end of the bargain. So before we get started, let's talk about you before we go into anything else. Okay. Let's talk about your background a little bit, where you went to high school, where you went sure. to college, and kind of where you ended up here today. All right. I am an Arkansas girl. Grew up in Fort Smith, Arkansas and went to school at Southside High School. What was the mascot? Actually, the Rebels. The Rebels. You can imagine that. (laughs) Now it's not the Rebels. I'm sure you can imagine why. (laughs) I think they're the uh, Mavericks now. How about that? But um, went because I'm an Arkansas girl and wanted to go to the University of Arkansas. We're big Arkansas Razorback fans and we're actually in the Elite Eight now. I mean, I saw that. Gonzaga last night, so... Go Hogs, <laughs> Woo Pig. <laughs> um, I majored in music education, of course, at uh, the U of A and just had a tremendous experience there. Um, fell in love at that point with elementary music. That's um, really what got my heart. I had an opportunity to observe other music teachers in the Fayetteville, Arkansas area and um, saw just how you could teach elementary music. My elementary music experience was definitely a, a sit and sing. So you come into the music room, you grab a songbook. And you sing page after page. Yeah, absolutely. I remember that as a kid. Yeah, exactly. So I observed a couple of other teachers that, music teachers that used instruments and movement. And it was just completely engaging from the start of the lesson to the end of the lesson, really meeting each different child where they were. And I thought, this is what I want to do. I want to be at that foundational level um, and meet kids, you know, in elementary school and get to see them bed and blossom. And so um, ended up meeting my husband at the U of A and his job moved us to Oklahoma to the Tulsa area and um, got my first teaching job in Claremore at Claremont Elementary. I was a zebra. I graduated from Claremore. Really? And I used to live across the street from Claremont Elementary. Oh my goodness. Oh wow. (laughs) Yes. Right across the street. Yes. Well, you know where I know exactly where you're at. Yes. (laughs) School was at. And uh, I realized real quick at Claremont Elementary that I didn't truly know exactly what I was doing as a music teacher. And so I thought I've really got to get some, I've got to get some tools and go and and learn from other teachers and get some um, more foundational tools to be able to use into the classroom. And so that next year, my husband's job actually moved us to Louisiana. Oh, wow. To the Baton Rouge area. And so I decided to go back and get a master's. And I got a master's in music education at Louisiana State University. And then um, his job moved us back to the Tulsa area. And that's where I ended up at Arrowhead Elementary here in Broken Arrow and found found my home right here in Broken Arrow. And I taught at Arrowhead for eight years and then um, ended up having my first child and went through a lot of infertility, actually, uh, about seven years of that. And so when I had my first child, I um, it was a hard decision, no lie, um, to step out of the classroom. I remember when I talked to my principal, Mr. Hutchings, actually at the time, 
Um, I cried quite a bit in his office. I just did not want to leave the classroom. It was I my bet, calling. Yeah, I can imagine. That, I mean, that's just what I always wanted to do. But at the same time, I knew I needed to be able to take a step back and concentrate on this new gift that the Lord was giving me. And so I stayed home for um, about two to three years and did part-time work um, at other smaller schools, private schools, teaching music to kind of keep, keep my foot in the yeah. door a little bit. Keep, keep the wheels greased a little yeah. bit. Yeah, uh-huh. And, um, and then when Rosewood Elementary opened up, um, Mr. Hutchings reached back out and mentioned the position to me and prayed about it and knew. Were you hesitant at first or were you like, no, this is a sure shot? I was a little at first. I just wasn't quite sure if this is where I needed to be. But um, after he reached out to me and I began praying about it, kind of an interesting thing. I ended up seeing him two different times out in the community within a week span. I've never seen him <laughs> on the community ever. And still to this right. day after that week, I've still not never seen him. Seen him. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, that is a sign. I need to consider this position. So um, at that point, I think the following week I reached back out and I'm like, okay, this is, this is what I'm supposed to do. So, so, so you were there when Rosewood opened brand new. Yes. You were with the inaugural class, if you yes, will. Yes, right, right. That's exciting. Right from, the, right from the start. So you were in teaching, then you weren't in teaching, then you were back in teaching. That's right. That's fantastic. So when you returned to the classroom, mm-hmm. you returned in the middle of this wonderful pandemic. Know, right? <laughs> so you were in a very hands-on uh, field with mm-hmm. music and vocals mm-hmm. and instruments. How in the world does somebody adapt to do fine arts music teaching in a pandemic? It's a challenge. Yeah. Um, Tell me no, about that. No lie to that. Thankfully, you know, not being the only elementary music teacher, not only in the district, but in the, not in the state and not in the U.S. In the so whole just, U.S. Right. Yes. So being able to connect with other music teachers and find out what are you, what are you going to do? How are you going to navigate this time? Um, because you want to give these students opportunities to make music and be a part of music. Um, it's just such a, it's such a community event. The fact that, I mean, you can't just have kids completely spaced out around the room and not engaging right. with one another. So how do you do that safely? Yeah. Um, just a, that was a big challenge. Um, I will say with elementary music, there are so many different things that you can do other than just singing. And so we use that time to, to really concentrate on uh, bringing in speech poems that we could add body percussion to. Um, we could still use some of the instruments. I just need to sanitize them between right, each right. use. So kids weren't picking Treat up something Treat it like a shopping under. cart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Got the sanitizer. Um, yeah, lots of tor- Torsana water happening in the classroom. <laughs> but there were plenty of plenty of things to be able to do to keep music going, to give kids those experiences, and to hopefully do it in a way that was safe and effective at the same time. So you received a really cool grant last year. Tell me a little bit about that grant and how it came about. Well, I received, thankfully, several grants, you know, starting out at a school. I'm sorry, I maybe should, I should specify the one for the instruments that (laughs) you got. Yeah, that one. Am I talking about the right one? Yes. Okay, yay. I should have had that written down in my notes. (laughs) But I do want to say the VA Foundation (laughs) gave me money for a grant. um, And so I was able to use that for instruments. And then there was another community grant that was um, given as well. And then obviously Broken Arrow gives some money to, to be able to open up a program. But I think the one that you're talking about is the one, the one. So I had put in a donors choose grant. I put, I filled out the form for that. And um, if you're not familiar with donors choose, yes, please tell our listeners. (laughs) um, It is a internet platform where you can fill out what kind of materials you might need for your class and local 
donors can look at these various grant opportunities and choose to donate however their heart leads. And so I had submitted a grant option for two small glockenspiels. Um, They're about $200 each. And um, just would have been over the moon, you know, if this this right. would have been provided. And for the <laughs> layman, that's like a like a xylophone, right? Yes. Okay. Well, it's yeah, it's like a xylophone, Sorta. but it's made with metal bars, and it's a lot smaller. Okay. All right. Um, There's your music lesson for the yes. day. <laughs> Check mark. Um, so you but, thought you were just going to get two small ones? Yes. Which, I, like I said, I would have been completely over the moon right, excited right. about that. Um, but then I got this email from this law firm out of Oklahoma City. And she said that they're in charge of a trust fund, that there was a gentleman that passed away and he had left a sum of money that he specifically wanted donated to music programs throughout the state. Interesting. And so she said, we came across your donors choose grant and we would be interested in you being able to be a part of, of this program and getting some of this money. Well, when she, when I first got that email, I thought, no way this is legit. I mean, I just did not believe <laughs> it. One, but this is scam. a scam. I mean, I did. I'm like, I, I really thought it was a scam to the point that I internet stalked her and the law firm that she was a part of to make sure it was all lining out. That is fantastic. <laughs> and when it, when I realized that it did, of course I reached back out and, um, after a series of email conversations, she basically said, write a dream list, um, anything that you might want and so I mean I didn't hold back I say so. they should never ask a teacher know, to write right? a dream list you know <laughs> not at all right they should have known what was coming um but they they filled everything on there so to the tune um, of quite a few thousand dollars right ten thousand dollars oh, I know amazing it, it is amazing and the opportunities that our our current Rosewood kids have is incredible but to know that these instruments they're going to be at Rosewood forever. Right. So um, generations and generations of students will be able to take part with the materials that this gentleman uh, enabled us, you know, to have. Little miracles happen every single day. And I always say to nothing, everything happens for a reason. Nothing's by chance. Absolutely. And I I agree with that. So let's flash back a year ago. Okay. A year ago this time, you were crowned the district (laughs) teacher of the year. Uh One year back in the classroom. Bam, you are it. So before you did that, of course, you were named Site Teacher of the Year, mm-hmm. and that's voted on by your peers. Is that correct? That's right. So how would you feel just getting the Site Teacher of the Year for Rosewood? How'd that feel? Oh, that was uh, just obviously such an honor. Um, I only knew, I want to say, like two teachers going into that school year. All the other teachers in the building were new. I mean, we didn't know each other. Right. And so to, you know, two months in for them to not only nominate me, but select me, as the site teacher of the year was just such a humbling experience. And um, I, I remember telling them, you know, after my name was announced at the site teacher of the year, I'm, you know, do not put me on a pedestal. <laughs> I, I'm learning right alongside you. I will fail to. Um, Which is what all leaders I'm, do. Yeah. Everyone has I'm, to fail. I'm That's right, right there. I'm right there with you guys. And um, obviously just um, super Super humbled and, and honored. So then you go from that to the night of when your name is read from mm-hmm. that envelope. Yeah. When you heard your name, what what came over you? <laughs> well, let me take a step back. When they <laughs> step back, step when back. they announced the top five, I mean, I just didn't, it wasn't even on my radar that I would even be a top five. Right. To the point that my husband had said on the way to the gala that night, um, do you have a speech written up in case you're <laughs> selected district teacher of the year? And I'm like, you don't understand. There are amazing, amazing teachers in this district um, I'm just so thankful to even be a part of this evening as a site right. teacher of the year. It just wasn't even on on my mind. And so when they read my name for 
top five, I, I didn't even stand up. Like I it was just kind of like an outer body experience <laughs> yeah. where it was like, Oh my goodness. I think they just said my name. Yeah. And, oh wait, I forgot to stand up. Oh wait, and, that was my name. Yeah. Right. So, um, anyway, so then whenever my name was uh, called out for, for district teacher of the year, I mean, I just remember walking up to Dr. Vincent going, you know, what is happening? What is this? This is, well, I remember, cause I was right there side stage thinking, She's such an eloquent speaker because you just kind of went into it. Most people, when they get that opportunity to speak, they kind of hem and haw and, oh, this is so much. But you were just like, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, wow, she is so good. She will be an excellent district teacher here. She's so well-spoken. So I was, I, I knew that they had it, they had it right. So what are some of the unique experiences you've had during this last year mm-hmm. as the reigning district teacher of the year? It's been uh, it's been a fun ride for sure, and it's given me a lot of opportunities to be able to engage with different people that I wouldn't have met otherwise. Um, shortly after that, uh, KGR, KJRH came out and did a video segment um, with one of my classes just to, they asked about the donors choose right. grant, mm-hmm. and then um, just to get to know the classroom, the kids a little bit more, and so getting that opportunity to be able to um, showcase my kids and showcase the great things that they're doing. Um, and then I had Tulsa World. I think they reached out to you and asked for a name. And so I got to visit with one of the editors there. And I um, gave him your name super quick. I'm like, here's who you're talking to. Here's the person. Not me. This is the one. <laughs> I know who to blame now. Yeah. I'm kidding. That was great. Get in line. <laughs> yeah. um, at the end of the year, this is so much fun. At the end of last year, um, as the district teacher of the year, I got to be a part of the platform or get on the, be able to be on the platform at the graduation ceremony. At, uh, at the high school. Wasn't that and cool? So it was cool because the kids that I taught at Arrowhead, you know, are now, they were graduating seniors right, last yeah. year. And so, I mean, I just felt like, I mean, my back was at the tip of my chair, you know, <laughs> just sitting at the tip of my chair, just watching these, um, these students that I had in elementary school graduating and getting to see the great things that they're doing now and hear about that. And, um, well, and, the, and it was the, tea smile on my the face perfect the atmosphere night. too. Like the night was beautiful it was and everything. Beautiful was, like night. we couldn't have asked for a the better sky, night. I just remember the sky being really pretty. The yeah. It just, it just, and night. of course, before that, if people didn't recall, it was like rain, 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 leading right. clear <laughs> yeah. up to the minute. And we could not have asked for a better night. Tell me about when you were part of the Oklahoma teacher of the year program. Cause of course, if people don't know the district teacher of the year goes on to Pete for Oklahoma teacher of the year. So tell yes. me about that process. I, the district, Broken Arrow District really set you up nicely for submitting for the Oklahoma Teacher of the Year. All of the questions that are on the portfolio that our site teachers of the year right now have submitted, um, those questions are the same that the Oklahoma. Oh, that's that's handy. Uh, state Teacher of the <laughs> Year. It's really nice. Yes, to uh, for the application for that. And so, I mean, you really just basically have to just tweak the portfolio a little bit and then you can just send it straight on. And so, um, thankfully I had some wonderful past district teachers of the year reach out and, uh, ask to, uh, proofread my portfolio or let, uh, they allowed me to be able to give them my portfolio to proofread. And so Kay Long and Linda Webb and Lo- Lisa you just, Dixon. You just said several favorite people's names of I mine. I know they're just fantastic people and, um, just so sweet, so gracious, so kind. And, um, all of them so encouraging. Uh, I remember Kay Long and I actually talked on the phone for like two and a half hours. Um, just <laughs> she loves to up. talk. So yes. We <laughs> well, just, and I watched her that night kind of corner you right after you won saying, mm-hmm. I'm here for you. I want to be here for you. Like that's just such phenomenal feeling that you have such support group around you. You're right. You nailed it by saying that. I've honestly felt that way 
through this entire process, just the, the support that I've had um, district wide. But anyway, so they proofread the portfolio. And at that point, you submit. And then there's a set of readers that read your Oklahoma um, State Teacher of the Year portfolio. And then from that point, they select the 12 finalists. And then those 12 finalists go forward with interview and um, video segment before they name the state teacher of the year. I mean, they're not playing around. They're vetting this out really well. Yeah, exactly. So I wasn't selected um, as a finalist. And I have to say, I was mostly just disappointed for Broken Arrow. (laughs) I I felt like, oh my goodness, I'm letting the district down. But did you you feel a little bit of relief? Like, oh, okay. That's (laughs) a lot of weight on my shoulders. I don't have to do this and that. But no, I really did. I, I really did hate that for Broken Arrow, um, not getting to represent them, you know, as a finalist, but just so, so um, thankful for teachers that across the state that really put their heart and their soul into their classroom and, and obviously being recognized for the great work they're doing in and out of the classroom and, and getting to let their voice be heard. And um, I know that uh, they're going to be used in amazing ways uh, throughout our, throughout our state. Did you get to know any of the other teacher of the years from other districts at all? Did you I, get to talk I didn't, to any of them? I didn't. And I don't know if maybe some of that's just because of COVID. Pandemic. They, exactly. <laughs> right. We still have, you know, obviously, some of that that, uh, you know, due to safety, we need to kind of protect. Well, in, in two weeks, we name a new district teacher of the mm-hmm. year. So yes. you get to become that mentor, yes. which is exciting for you to kind of it pass is. that torch. What what are some what is the some advice you have for the future named district teacher of the year in two weeks? Can I just say I cannot wait for that. I can't wait to see um, see all of those teachers again. I got to be a part of the interview committee for their. Oh, that's um, exciting. Yeah, well, that for, just that makes sense. You yeah. Know? So yeah. I've already got to meet them a little bit and get to hear their hearts and hear their passion, what they're specifically passionate about in their classroom. Um, and uh, so just to get to see who who will be the top five, who will be the next next district teacher of the year. But I can assure you, whoever it is, they're they are going to be phenomenal because that whole list of teachers that we got to visit with, um, I just jaw dropping one after one, just um, heart filled and inspired by um, hearing from them. So my words of advice for the next district teacher of the year would be um, just to relish in the moment, to soak it in. I mean, it is such an incredible journey that um, obviously not too many teachers um, get to experience. And so just knowing that they are chosen for a reason and a purpose. And of course, I'm um, a believer. And so I just definitely believe that God uh, appoints the right people at the right time, selects the right people at the right time to be able to move us forward. So in, in this round, to just be able to move our district forward and to be such an encouragement to our teachers district-wide that are, you know, it's it's a hard, hard world to teach in right now. And so um, just being able to, to speak truth and encouragement and light into our teachers district-wide. So. Well, I don't know if you know this, this may be just a, a a thing I'm dropping on you right now, but you get to name the yes, top five. I did. You get to open that envelope Peterson. and and read the top five, and I think that's so fun. I know. Like I'm so excited. You get that, that sealed envelope and literally because you literally have no clue either. No, like, it's no all idea yeah. until I read the names. Yeah. Right. So and either does our super. We keep that also from from him that way. I really love that genuine like right. Oscar envelope feel. Yeah. <laughs> now a lot of us behind the scenes have to know, but that's you know because we have to set up the show. But sure. yeah, you get to open that envelope for top five, and that's exciting. So you're a fine arts teacher. 
and I'm a fine arts person, love fine arts. In fact, my favorite classes when I was a kid were music. That was my class. I can, I can name every music teacher I really? ever had. Couldn't tell you who taught me English in fourth grade, <laughs> but I could tell you who every music teacher was. Tell me what is the importance of fine arts in an overall education for a student? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, thinking about even our district-wide initiative leg, literacy engagement, graduation, and how the fine arts play into that. I mean, if you think about from a music standpoint, we are constantly it's all engagement literacy yeah and and certainly you're kind of all three letters aren't we you we are um <laughs> the engagement piece as you said i mean that's that's foundational to what we do um the opportunities that we allow students to have outside of pen and paper pencil and paper to get to be a part of and the clubs that we offer to let students be able to um engage in a different way in the in their classroom school experience um, I know for me, I was a, I was an arts person. I enjoyed athletics too. And I wasn't, I mean, I, I wasn't like, I don't know. I, I wasn't a C student, but I was definitely like an AB type student. So not definitely not straight A's. And so I don't believe that the for regular a second. academics <laughs> were definitely not my strong suit, but the, the fine arts and the athletics, that's what kept me going. That's what got me up every morning to get me back to school. And those were where my friends were. And, um, so that's what I tell, you know, my fifth graders as they're leaving, find your niche when yeah. you go to middle school, find where you want, if that's the fine arts, awesome. If it's athletics, awesome. If it's a different type of club, like chess club, what find, find your group. And that's where you're going to find your friends and that's what's going to keep you going day in and day out and give you the support that you need. Because obviously in middle school and high school, especially now, I mean, they're, they're facing difficulties. It's and a lot different than when we were younger. It a is. lot different. And so when you've got a good core group of friends that you can surround yourself with, um, that's just huge. Well, not to get life. all sentimental and sappy on you, but you got to know that there is some kid who your class is what they look forward to all week long. And like, cause that was me and that saved me as a kid. Mm -hmm. So like you have become a hero to those kids, even if you don't know it. So I'm going to congratulate you on that. <laughs> even if you won't yeah. take it, cause you are so humble and so laid back. And I love that, but just know that like you have made huge impacts on so many kids and I'm sure they come up years later and tell you that and, and come visit you. It is neat to see kids out in the community that I've had before and just to, to see what they're in, what they're doing now. I mean, even if it's not the arts to see what it is that they're right. passionate about. And Absolutely. Know that, um, I get to play a little piece into that to make them that the, hu the human that they are. The um, human right that they, they are. are. Yeah. The Michelle McCarver story. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the future. What are some hopes and dreams? And just, and you said earlier, dream big, dream list. What would you love to see happen in the fine arts world moving forward in, in education? Oh, that's a great question. I know. It's a softball. I'm just oh, throwing it at you. That's something I haven't really even thought of, Adam. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> well, even just um, you personally in your own classroom, just things I that you dream say, about. I will say, I just, I feel so fortunate and blessed to have the resources that I have at Rosewood. You know, to have had all that money given to me last year to be able to equip my kids with, equip my students with these materials to be able to engage in music in. I mean, every child has an instrument. Every child gets a barred instrument. Every child has a recorder. Every child has a ukulele when they come in, so they're not having to share materials. And the same can't be said about all the elementary schools. In Didn't the happen in mine. Yeah. yeah. So man, the dream would be that every elementary music program be, be fitted like that for where every student, when they walk in the room, hasn't, has a place to go and doesn't have to share um, and can engage 110% with what's, with the materials at hand. 
Um, I love when elementary music teachers can visit with middle school and high school band choir, uh, even drama directors too, and just to find out how what we can be doing in our elementary level to help prepare students for middle school and high school. Yeah, vertical vertical alignment. Yes. Absolutely. Um, I just think that that's huge to be able to have that communication um, district-wide to be able to do that, and it sets our students up for more success as they proceed on in the, in the program. So before we wrap up this podcast and before we wrap up the school year and wrap up your reign as District Teacher of the Year, any final thoughts or feelings for everybody listening out there? I'm just putting you on the spot um, like crazy. Are. Isn't it great? <laughs> My whole life is on the spot, so it's kind of nice to turn it around on someone. Right. Thanks for that. Adam. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm not vindictive at all. <laughs> I would say to any teachers out there listening right now that um, just want them to know they're doing an exceptional job in their classroom and the the level of difficulty that our teachers are facing, um, not only with just... Um, you know, with the pandemic, still the trauma left over from that that students are experiencing, um, just the overall academic pressure that that teachers I know are feeling, just to encourage them to know that, for them to know that they are doing an exceptional job and to just keep on keeping on, uh, one foot in front of the other. Find a friend in your school that um, can, you can lean on and be a support for each other because the only way that we're going to get through these hard times is to lean on one another and um, to carry each other through it. So, and for our families and students, uh, community out there listening, um, just to know that we certainly appreciate the support we have here in Broken Arrow. And I think every um, Broken Arrow uh, education member um, just knows that we are a part of a fantastic city. And the way that we see um, not only the fine arts being appreciated with the new fine arts building that Broken Era has built um, downtown, but just uh, the appreci- overall appreciation for education. We're feeling that, and we and now we can't say that about every city in Oklahoma, but we have it here on Broken Arrow. And so what a uh, gracious um, blessing that has been for, for our education as a whole to be able to have this wonderful community supporting us. Well, that's a lovely sentiment and the perfect way to end this podcast. Thank you so much, Michelle, for being on here. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Right back at you. And and I won't bug you anymore next year. (laughs) That's not true. I will probably bug you. (laughs) You're you're never right off the hook because now you'll be a legacy. Yes. Former district teacher of the year. Anyway, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, everybody, for listening to It's Fine, an official podcast of the Aerovision Network. And we'll see you all next time.